0: Entertainment.
1: Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider, Dave Spadaro with you. Big one on Sunday, Eagles and the Saints. And the storyline's pretty well established here on this Thursday. Eagles looking to run the football again. They've done such a good job of it, leading the NFL in rushing offense these last three weeks. More than 200 yards per game. And of course, they lead the NFL, or rather they lead the NFC in rushing yards this season. Last three games, the Eagles have averaged 208.7 yards per game on the ground. Really, really remarkable. Will they get a boost from Miles Sanders? We'll find out later in the week. He's returned to practice. His 21-day practice window is open. That's good news for the Eagles. And head coach Nick Sirianni has said that when Sanders is ready to go, he will be the starting running back. So how that rotation works out. That remains to be seen. The Eagles have gotten great play from Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell when he's had an opportunity. So a really good group at running back, as we thought, all through the summer. And it certainly has proven that way in the fall here in the regular season. Uh, the Eagles also looking to you know kind of take away some things from the Saints' offense. They are being run by Trevor Simeon. We'll get a good Perspective on the Saints here in just a bit. John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com will join me in a bit here. Uh, But the Saints have gone through so much this year. Being displaced by the horrible weather down there. The the hurricane. uh, You know, no Drew Brees. A bunch of injuries. Michael Thomas out all season. Alvin Kamara banged up last week. Uh, Still don't know his status. But a good team. Five and four. They were five and two before two losses to... Atlanta and Tennessee so but a weird year for them just you look at their schedule and they started the year by whipping up on the Packers 38-3 and they lost to the Giants and they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers it's just a very strange season for the New Orleans Saints but they are a well-coached team Sean Payton former Eagles assistant coach comes to town last year the Eagles got him. Eagles in Jalen Hurts' first start, 24-21, Eagles win, and of course the Eagles that day running the ball for 246 yards. Why have the Eagles been so successful of late? Well, here are a couple of reasons. Second fewest penalties in the NFL since week six, Uh, Eagles running the football very, very well, they've had takeaways, they've had nine in the last eight games, Eagles red zone defense has been pretty good in the last three games, just... 42% touchdown percentage allowed. All right, we'll get that view of the Saints in just a bit here when John joins us on the podcast. Let's get first some good perspectives here from the Eagles and some young players really contributing. We're going to begin at the tight end position. We don't know about Dallas Goddard. He's in concussion protocol. Eagles do have some depth there, some kind of unknown depth. Tyree Jackson, we don't know about him. You know, very impressive in in the summer. He's been active the last two weeks. No receiving attempts, but just the ability there is tantalizing. They have gotten contributions from an undrafted rookie by the name of Jack Stahl. Played at Nebraska, made the 53-man roster. He is an impressive young man. And he could be the number one guy on Sunday if Goddard is not able to go. The Eagles could also activate Richard Rodgers, a very reliable veteran. But Jack Stahl... Great story, great kid, and is on his way to being a very fine player. Has contributed a lot to the Eagles as a blocker. He's got a few catches. He's been great on special teams. And he joins me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Jack, how much fun are you having? In the rookie year, you know, it, it, you've gone through so much already. It, you must be having an absolute
2: blast.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I get, I get to play the game I love out here in Philadelphia every single day. So, listen, every time I come to work, I got a smile on my face. And, like I said, I mean, I, I always knew, you know, hard work pays off. You know, it's, it's good seeing that come to fruition. And, uh, you know, it's everyone in this building makes, you know, playing football, you know, it, it's a job we got to do. We got to do everything we can to make sure we get a win, but they make it so, you know, people look forward to getting to work. So, listen, it's uh, it's been unbelievable. You know, all the coaches from, you know, Coach Michael, my position coach, Coach Sir- Siriani, You know, they, they've done an unbelievable job. You know, creating a culture where, you know, we we can get our business done and you know still have a great culture and a great environment around here. So listen, it's it's been an unbelievable rookie year. I mean, it's you, I don't think you write it up any better.
1: So are you telling me you don't miss sitting in the classroom at Nebraska? <laughs>
3: <laughs> trust me, that might be the best part of transitioning over here. Is you don't have to go sit for economics 101 or some something like that. So trust
1: me, I. I'm living the dream out here, baby. Jack, before we get into kind of the specifics, what is, is there like one or two or three points of emphasis that are, make it so much more difficult to play tight end at the NFL level than the college level?
3: You know, I, I think everything's just a lot. Uh, the, the biggest difference, I would say, between college and the pros is every, everyone's a great player. You know, in college, Teams have weak points and you can game plan around, you know, this guy's an 18-year-old. He just came from high school last year and, you know, he's susceptible to this, that, has bad eyes. In the NFL, you don't have anyone that's a bad player. Everyone at this level, especially those guys that are on the field, are unbelievable football players. They're the 1% of the 1%. So everything you do technically just has to be a lot more sound than college um, you know, you can't get away with bad footwork. You can't get away with, you know, running a poor route and, you know, can't, can't get away with thinking it was one coverage over the other. So, I mean, everything just got to be tightened up a lot more and, uh, you know, but obviously guys are a lot more physical and that, that, that just means you, you just got to bring it every single play and you can't take any play off. So listen, I, I think at the end of the day, football is football. And as long as you're using the right technique and you know, have the have the right uh, have the right system, which I I believe we do. Uh, you're going to win football games.
1: All right, so let's talk about this season. You begin the year as the number three, and Zach is there, and Dallas is there, and I don't know. I guess from the outside, it looked like okay. Uh, this undrafted rookie is going to be an apprentice, if you will. He's going to learn the learn the the ropes of the NFL. All of a sudden, now you're playing a lot of football. Um, what has that been like for you to kind of accelerate things so quickly?
3: You know, listen, that's, that's, that's the reason I, I I playing football is to be out there on the field. So, you know, I, every single week, regardless if, you know, I was a second, third, fourth tight end, I was, I was going out there preparing as if I was going to be the number one guy. And that's just because, you know, like what, like what happened with Dallas, um, you never know when someone, someone goes down and your, your number gets called. So I, I was always preparing like that. And, uh, you know, like, you know, it's unfortunate what happened with Dallas and, you know, I, I'm blown away how that's not a 15 yard penalty still, but um, you know, you, you just always have to be ready, you know, to help the team. And, uh, you know, if that's stepping into a bigger role for a game, that's, that's what you got to do. And uh, you know, that's, that, that's just kind of how it is. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's been awesome. And like I said, I, I'm at this level just to play ball and do everything I can. So, you know, every snap I get, I, I'm a, I appreciate it, and, you know, it's, it's something I cherish.
1: Jack, has the pace of the game, the tempo of the game, taken any time to adjust to, even preseason?
3: Absolutely. You know, the first, first day of training camp, everything's going 100 miles an hour. And, you know, as, as you keep getting reps, as you get familiar with the game and, you know, the, the nuances between college ball and pro ball, you you start to pick up on the the, uh, pace of play and, you know, it starts slowing down a little bit. And, you know, I I think I've kind of gotten to the point right now where things are starting to slow down a bit. And, you know, that that just allows me uh, to be a better player on the field. And, uh, you know, that's something, you know, that's the goal is to keep getting the game to slow down and, uh, you know, for everything to get accustomed to it and, you know, keep keep gaining these awesome in-season, in-game reps and, you know, just – keep uh keep grinding so you know it's it's been awesome
1: we don't know about Dallas as we speak we don't know about his availability for sunday um your thoughts if he's not able to go and and you're the guy
3: listen like i said i mean i've been, i've been preparing you know like like i was going to be the number one guy you know since since week 1 and you know listen i know Dallas is a fighter he's he's going to do everything he can to be on that field. And he's been an awesome guy who, you know, has really been able to teach me the ropes and, you know, having a guy like that in, in the tight end room is, you know, invaluable. And, you know, it's, it, it's been awesome having him in there. So, you know, listen, I'm, I'm going to keep preparing, you know, as I'm going to keep preparing, you know, to the max, to the best of my potential and, you know, just keep, keep going like that. And you know, I know Dallas is gonna be a fighter and, you know, if he's out there, that's that's awesome. If he's not, listen, we just we just gotta roll with it. And listen between, you know, our tight end room with me, Tyree, Noah, and Rich, you know, I think Coach Michael does a great job of getting us ready. So, you know, I think anyone could go go fill in those spots and, you know, I feel really confident in our offense.
1: it's crazy. I, I don't are you are you a, like have you always been like a huge NFL fan? Like have you looked at the history of what a tight end is and, and how it's, gosh, it's such a glamorous position now. When you were a kid, did you, did you pay attention to the tight end group and like kind of see how it's morphed through all these years? Oh,
3: absolutely. I mean, I think the game just in general has changed from, you know, even, the, even 2000 to now it's it's drastically different, let alone, you know, 40, 50 years ago. And, you know, I think nowadays you are seeing a lot more guys, who are you know splitting out catching the ball a lot more and getting a lot more involved in the passing game and you know listen I think that is because of guys like Antonio Gates Tony Tony Gonzalez and you know people like that who you know they really revolutionized the game and then you see more guys coming out who you know can catch the ball and and block still so listen it's it's been awesome and you know I've trust me I've always kind of glamorized the tight end position I was I was an O lineman basically my entire life in elementary school middle school and then. uh you know, finally in high school, you know they they gave me the opportunity to play tight end, and I'll tell you what that was that was like Christmas morning to me. So listen, I've I've looked back since, and you know, like I said, the tight end position just keeps changing and changing. And that's what makes it such a fun position, is because you have to be able to do any anything. So, uh, you know, it's it's a position that will always kind of keep evolving, keep changing. You know, i whatever they ask, hey, I'll mold it, I'll mold into it, and make sure you know we can find a way to fit into that.
1: Jack, have you been able to share the experience with your family? Have they been able to get to football games?
3: Absolutely. They've they've been able to make it to, you know, most of the games. And, you know, especially being in Denver, having a lot of family at that last one, it was awesome seeing, you know, all the support and, you know, kind of just a milestone of, you know, how, how far I have come and how many people are in my corner. So it was it was cool to go to Denver and see that, and it was even better, you know, to get a win and rub that in their faces a little bit. So, listen, it was a, uh, it, was, it was, it was, a great experience, and you know, was, I'm, I couldn't be
1: happier with it. Has there been a welcome to the mo to the NFL moment for you where you're going, wow? I mean, I just caught a pass from Jalen Hurts. Wow, I just made a block and we scored a touchdown. Wow, I'm on national TV. Anything like that?
3: You know, I, I wouldn't say in the regular season, I think more of that happened in the preseason where, you know, you're you're walking out to the field, to the field and all of a sudden you see, you know, you're right next to, you know, someone like Lane Johnson, you got, you know, Kelsey making some calls over there at center, you know, obviously Jalen who, you know, he, he's swinging a rock to you. So I, I think a lot more of that stuff kind of happened in the preseason. But, you know, kind of as the time's gone along, you know, you start instead of, you still look up to those guys. They're they're awesome people. You start to see them a lot more as teammates and, you know, guys you can talk to and, you know, you realize that hey they're just ball players like you. And so listen, they're awesome guys who can, you know, set an unbelievable example. And it's, it's awesome having guys like that around. And, you know, the more and more I get to know them, I mean, they're great people and listen, they're, they're really culture centers around here. And, you know, I look forward to being with them as long as I can here.
1: Last one for you, Jack. Um, they, just If you could just kind of put in perspective what this offense has become, what it's accomplished, the feeling that everyone has, the feeling of confidence that everyone has here as you've developed a, a bit of an identity and, and developed confidence offensively in everything you do.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I, I think if you just look at, you know, week one, week two, to where we are now, you know, we're, we're walking around with a lot more confidence and, you know, I, th- I think we've done an unbelievable job of making adjustments, especially in something Uh, You know, even as a team where, you know, we had had a ton of penalties early in the season and we've really done a great job of tying that up, you know, here in the last couple of weeks. And so, you know, I think just getting adjustments and, you know, finding our identity as an offense has helped us tremendously and, uh, you know, it's helped create a lot of explosive plays where we're, I think we're leading the league in you know, explosive plays. And, you know, I think as we keep going, we're just going to continue to keep, keep balling like that. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do.
1: Jack, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for your time. Good luck on Sunday, man. All right. Sounds good, Dave. Take it easy. Thanks so much, Jack, for your time. Uh, Now let's talk about a linebacker by the name of Sean Bradley. Sixth round draft pick in 2020. Limited time on defense to date, but don't count him out. Played his football at Temple University. Grew up in South Jersey. Ran Cocos Valley High School. And he has been a stud on special teams. Great energy, great kid, and very eager to talk about his progress made in year two of his Eagles career. Sean Bradley, I, the first thing I'm going to say to you is people are noticing your play, man. How does that feel?
2: Uh, it feels great, man. A lot of hard work. Uh, it really feels great, man. It's, it's, it's been a blessing.
1: All right, let's talk about success in the NFL and how that is achieved. Um, What would you say you've learned through the first, you know, season and 10 games of your career about how to have success at the NFL? I think
2: it's I think it goes for for preparation is, is, is the biggest thing, you know, especially for me, you know, in college. I was good at preparing myself, but it's even more now with getting your body ready to play and your mind right, and knowing all the plays and where you're supposed to be, and even a little detail. So, for me, that was the biggest thing. You know, it's just getting better, preparing every week, studying, doing my, getting, finding a routine for me that works best for me, and then sticking to that. And that has been really helpful.
1: Is it something? Is preparation something you have to learn to do, or do you think it just comes naturally, or? Like you have to fight it to be. To, to, you think you're prepared, but maybe you're not quite prepared as you thought you
2: you were. Yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely, I, I agree. I think you got. I think you got to learn to prepare. To be honest with you, because I came in here last year as a rookie, and it was it was kind of tough for me early on. Like I, I wasn't sure of a routine to get in. I was trying to follow the older guys and see what they'd done and and what works best for me. And I was switching things up. And maybe one week I wasn't as prepared as the other. But this year it's kind of like, all right, I know what to expect. I know how my body is. It's going to be a long season. Uh, what do I need to be to be ready to play every week? And I think it's just you know knowing yourself, finding out who you are, finding out what your body needs, and how you are mentally, and then just and just adding to that, and then getting and finding a routine that works for you.
1: Sean, in your mind, um, your goal, I imagine, is someday to be a starting three-down linebacker in the NFL. Absolutely. And how far away do you think you are? How, how much more do you have to learn? How much and kind of how much progress have you made in the last year?
2: I would say I made I made very good progress. You know, I'm I'm, I'm constantly working every day, and you know, it's not. And I don't even think too far ahead in the future about like you know when am I going to do this or just try to try to overwhelm myself. I just you know take it day by day, one percent better, and uh, I'm just trying to do whatever I can. Now to help to help the team win, I want to win. That's the most important goal for me is, is to win football games, and that's all I want to do. You know, obviously, I want to be a starter. Of course, you know, I think I'm close. I think I compete. I can play. But you know, the guys the guys are in there doing a great job right now, and I'm happy to see them win. And I want to continue to win, and you know, and whatever I can do to help them, that's what I'm gonna do.
1: I find it interesting. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and, and there's some guys who like, you know, you guys were all stars in college, and you come to the NFL, and some guys like I really don't dig playing special teams um it's definitely a mentality right like you have to embrace that part of it it's kind of step step process in the nfl um why do you embrace special teams so much
2: i mean one i love playing football if you love football you shouldn't complain about any time you're on the football field and that's how i feel like i love playing football so if I'm playing special teams, I'm going to try to be the best special teams player I can possibly be. No matter what it is, I don't. You feel, I already get on the football field and don't feel like anybody's better than me. So when I get out there on special teams, I treat it the same way. I carry it like that. You know, I go down there like I will right, we'll make this play. I to make this tackle. I got to do something to change the game. It's just just the same mentality you have on defense or offense. You know, you got to make a play to change the game. That's what I try to do on special teams, and you got to embrace it. Of course, I played special teams in college, so I was already used to it. So you know, I I just felt like I'm like all right, bet special teams. Let's get to it.
1: All right, so so run me through what's going through your brain when the when there's a kick um, and you're covering. Got to be head on a swivel, right? Got to play fast, right? Got to be physical. Um, What is what's it like running down the field, knowing that? I mean, certainly right now you're a marked man.
2: Yeah, so for me, man, I just I kind of. I always, before the play, I always go out there, I psych myself up, you know, I talk to myself in my head, or even out loud sometimes, I maybe mumble stuff, like, you know, I'm going to make this play, I'm going to make this play, I'm like, who's going to make this play, Who going to beat me down there, so I'm like, I-, I can't let nobody beat me down there, so I do all that, and then as the ball is kicked, I kind of just, you know, find my key, find my, you know, what my job is, make sure that's secure first, and then as I'm going, I'm just, you know, thinking about, all right, where's the ball, I got to get to the ball, I got to get to the ball, keep my head on the swivel, like you said, watch out for people, but... Instantly, I'm thinking about the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball. I got to get to the ball. I got to make a play. I got to punch it out. I gotta, I gotta do something. So,
1: you laid a lick on Sunday in the Broncos game that was just so clean and so pure. Like on video, it looked sweet. Um, it sounded sweet. Like what did it, what does it feel like to see a guy in your sights and then just to deliver the perfect tackle?
2: Oh man, it was like it was like a kid at the candy store, man. Honestly, I was I was running down there, and as I'm running down there, he's kind of running. He he started running straight, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I'm I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, oh, he doesn't see me. So normally I usually like break down. I give I usually sometimes give a slight breakdown and try to like angle up where I'm about to run. This time I'm just like, you know, what? I'm just gonna shoot it. I'm just gonna shoot it full speed. And I ain't gonna stop. And he ended up starting to juke, settle down because of TJ because TJ caught his eyes, and I was just my eyes lit up hitting him, and I was just it was like, a, it was like a surge of energy went through my body. I just, it hurt, but boy, oh my god, I felt good. And got up there, you know, <laughs> in my little thing. It was, it was great though.
1: It's really interesting how much the special teams have impacted games this year. Talk about what you guys, as a group, are are putting together for Michael and and the impact that the special teams have had on the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, first, Coach Clay does a great job. I mean, I mean, from the, he does even for me personally like he he continually has helped me get my game better like even if it's just little things every week that I need to improve and there and correcting me I always meet with him every week Uh, just me and him go up there and go through the film. So, I mean, he's done a great job, great special teams coach. you got to bring the energy all the time. And then us as a unit, you know, most of us are linebackers. we got Jay hall J-J, comes in there, you know, Epps. But for the most part, we all just – we all get along really well. And then we always talk trash to each other and, and, you know, joke around about, you know, who's going to make this play, who's going to do this. And I think that keeps the edge in the group, you know what I'm saying, like competing, constantly talking about, you know, I got this tackle, I'm going to make this play. Uh, I'm a block him. Watch here, you know, constantly just reminding us stuff of little things, and that just keeps our, it keeps each other going. And you know, we just like again, all of us want to win. And you know, whatever we're going to do, and that's and That's what our group is. Whatever we got to do to win is what we're going to do. We got to put our life on the line. Then we're going to go put our life on the line. Two
1: blocks this year you've been involved with. Um, can you talk about the the one in Carolina, the punt, and then the one on yeah. Sunday, the field goal, and and your role in both of those?
2: Yeah, so the one in Carolina was crazy. So uh, originally the play before that happened, TJ had came off the field and he had mentioned to me like, "Yo, he's like, uh, the center the center's you know jumping hard. We can we can pick twist this one." I'm like, "All right, I'm going to go talk to Clay." So I went to go talk to Clay on the sideline and I'm like, "Yo, and TJ, so you seen the pick twist, we can run the pick twist And the next one." Coach Clay gave us the freedom, you know, he trusted us, he said, "Man, listen, y'all see it, go do it." So the next play we lined up, you know, I picked the hip, I pushed down so TJ can come around. Uh this the the PP came up and grabbed me. I kinda like tugged his little outside arm a little bit so he wouldn't be able to redirect. Kinda pulled him towards me a little bit and, and I let TJ Free block the kick. I should have scooped and score, but you know, just get on the ball, you know, end up. It was it was great, man. That was awesome. So that was pretty big. And then uh this this past week was Sunday, uh it was a, it was kinda like the similar to the same thing, somewhat. You know, Kayvon had told me to play before. Like he almost got there. If you watched the if you watched the uh the kick before, Kayvon almost got there. He got through there and everything. So he come, uh, he told me, like, I can get that. So prior to the play, you know, we out there, you know, D- Derek Barnett did a great job. He's talking he's talking to the uh to the tackle and he's telling him, like, yo, why don't you just come block me, man? One on one, he's distracting him a little bit. And then as we got off the ball, I kinda like charged his outside arm so he wouldn't be able to reach for Kayvon. Kayvon shot the gap perfectly, got through there, made a great play.
1: That's beautiful. What teamwork? Um You've got, you know, your numbers are are right up there. You're 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 leading the NFC in tackles on special teams. Um, important to you to have that that kind of um, recognition?
2: Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean, I I, I want to win more than anything. That's my most important for me is to win. I don't. I could. I would cancel all the stats if I could just to get every win in the. And in the in thought in in so I would definitely do that. But you know, me as a player. And playing special teams, that was something I wanted. That was one of my goals to share my. Listen, if I'm going to do this, I want to do this. Then I want to get as many tackles as I can, you know. And wherever God has me at the end of the season, that's what it's going to be.
1: It does it excite you? I, well, I guess I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What kind of reaction would you have? I mean, you have got to be—they're drawing up your number in special teams meetings in New Orleans right now. They're—they're they're like aware <laughs> of you. Does that? What does that, that make you feel?
2: it's pretty cool, man. It's exciting. And it's funny that you said that because I had talked to one of the players. One of the players was good friends with mine. That was like balling on another team. And we were just chopping it up a couple of days ago about it. He was like, yeah, we're going to do this to you this week. And I'm like, man, whatever. Ain't we just talking, going back and forth, for a little banter. But it it, it was, it was kind of cool, man. It, it's, it's it's nice to see, man. I just got to keep doing it, though. You know what I'm saying?
1: You got a lot of enthusiasm. The last thing I want to ask is, is the energy level that you bring, Sean. I mean, um, just simply because you love the game of football, that's the kind of person that you are. You, you seem to bring. The coaches always talk about how you bring it every day.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's who I've always been. You know, I like, I, like I said, if you love football and you know, I'm passionate about it, like this is, this is what I am. Like I'm doing, I feel like I'm living the best job in the world. And at the same time, I really like. I always tell people like, I got turn into a whole different person on the football field. Like I, I get into this whole different zone, and I'm like, and I'm just, I'm just here with it. I want, I want. I want to make every play. I want to make every tackle. I want to win the game. I'm going to do whatever possible. And I'm going to talk. You know what I'm saying? i trash talk. I got to take it down a little bit. But, you know, I'm going to get in your head. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to let you know. So,
1: I mean, Yeah, that's a great la- – I lied. This is actually the last one because I do, I do want to ask this question. For fans who don't know, okay, so you're running down in a punt. You're breaking down. A guy calls a fair catch. You're standing there. Do you talk a lot of trash? Do you yell at the, at the return man? To hopefully?
2: Oh, yeah. Is there a lot of trash talking? Oh yeah yeah I mean I mean especially for me I, I get out that's how that's how I get it going you know like, I, like i be like, talking before the kickoffs, kick returns, I'm out there just talking to wonder players I'll pick somebody i don't even it don't even matter who it is I'll just pick somebody in the front line and just start talking to them either returners running down like I try to make them drop it, yell or something, tell him he's terrible, he sucks or something like that. You know, just constantly, just constantly, constantly, constantly. And it keeps you in the game. It keeps you going. You know what I'm saying? You you get sometimes maybe get in the fire back and argue back, and maybe now they're distracted. Now they're distracted from what they really got to do, and they might mess up something up. So it's just little mind games, but also I'd be dead serious about it. Like, I really don't think anybody can beat me. So I just I, I let them know.
1: I love it. Saints are pretty good on special teams, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they're there. Yeah, uh, this is probably going to be the best best special team you know, we've played to date.
1: Love it. Well, it, hey, I know you're up for the challenge. All the guys are. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck on Sunday, man.
2: Yeah, appreciate it, brother.
1: And now let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. What kind of football team is this? Let's go to New Orleans for the breakdown. John DeShazer from the NewOrleansSaints.com joins me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. John Thanks so much for your time. Uh, Beguiling team, those New Orleans Saints. Uh, First question, just kind of a general overview at five and four. So close in a lot of games, including last Sunday's. I mean, um, how good is the Saints team?
0: Uh, well, I guess that's the question. Um, you know, as Bill Parcells always says, you know, you are what your record says you are. And they're five and four, but they've been really, really close in three of those losses. They could just as easily be eight and one, or maybe they could just as easily be, you know, three and six. It's just been one of those kinds of seasons where they've played a few games close. Uh, they've been able to pull them, a couple of them out, and then they've had a couple of heartbreakers in these last couple where they've lost both of them by two points 27 um, 25 to Atlanta and 23 to 21. To Tennessee, uh, they played well. Uh, the only game that you, you can look on the on the schedule and say the Saints have not played well uh, was the loss to Carolina in Week Two. But other than that, they've been a, a pretty good team, and they've had to do it with essentially uh, the third quarterback, uh, Trevor Simeon here, since the Tampa Bay game. So, you know, I, I guess it's just a really good question to say how good they are because. You know, you just don't know. They hadn't had Michael Thomas this entire season. Uh they've had, you know, mix and match personnel on the offensive line for most of this season. Uh they've had, you know, played six games without, you know, arguably their best defensive lineman and David Onyemata, this season. So they've had a lot of things to kind of work through and overcome and, and yet they're five and four and, and and had a really good chance, really good chance of being eight and one.
1: Yeah, it seems like early game troubles have plagued this team. And, you know, looking at you guys, self-inflicted wounds seems to be a term that I am seeing a lot. Uh, Accurate read on my part?
0: Absolutely accurate. I mean, the penalties have really, really devastated this team the last couple of games. Uh, Not so much the turnovers. They hadn't turned it over much. I think they just had one turnover against the Falcons, one against Tennessee. So it hadn't been that much, even though both of those turnovers led to touchdowns in those games. But the penalties have really, really been, you know, decimating type penalties. Um, They had a ton of them uh, against the Falcons, it seemed, and especially along the offensive line, which, you know, is the better, you know, I think the best group on this team in, in terms of a unit and then you have some unfortunate defensive penalties against Tennessee uh, specifically the the roughing the, rough the pass which wipes an interception in the end zone off the board and the Titans later score on that drive uh, but really the penalties have been have been so much of a wound for this team the last couple of games and you know they've been out of character for Saints teams you know, so hopefully they'll be able to work through those and kind of get back to being the kind of team that they are in terms of not committing those penalties. Because, you know, right now, when you talk about a deficit of of personnel that they have, you know, and have Alvin Kamara running back against Tennessee, it's hard to overcome those things when you kind of, you know, beat yourself up uh, in the process, too. You know, it's hard enough to beat the opponent. But when you, you know, commit penalties and, and drop passes and those kinds of things, then all of a sudden, you know, you make things a lot more difficult on yourself than they have to be.
1: How has Trevor Simeon played? You said third-string quarterback. Um, His numbers look good. Um, He's put points on the board for a third-string quarterback. I mean, my gosh, nobody in the league gets that kind of play from a number three.
0: Dave, I think he's been outstanding. To be honest with you, Um, you know, I I don't see any reason to replace him. You know, in the starting lineup. I mean, he's been he's you know only uh, completing. 58% of his passes, but he's got 706 yards in those two and a half games. He's got five touchdowns. He's got no interceptions. Uh, He puts the ball in places where receivers can catch the ball. Um, he is poised under pressure. You know, he took a couple of sacks against Tennessee at the end of the first half that probably took the team out of, you know, field goal opportunity. Um, but for the most part, he's made some really good decisions at, in terms of when to throw the ball away, where to place the ball. He hadn't, he hadn't placed it in danger or put his receivers in positions where, you know, they they're doing a whole lot of jump balls, you know, He's a really a really sound quarterback for this system and, and you know when he when he when he came in and he basically started the season as number three quarterback behind uh Jameis Winston and, and, and Taysom Hill, you figure, okay, if there's an injury mid game, there's a reason he's the backup quarterback because he can probably more closely uh resemble the, the offense you want to run with Jameis Winston, at quarterback, if you have to do it in an emergency situation. Well, he played so well against Tampa Bay. There was no reason to not start him against the Falcons. He played so well against the Falcons, leading the team to 22 fourth quarter points. There was no reason to not play him against Tennessee. He played well enough against Tennessee, you know, 298 yards and a couple of touchdowns that there are really in any reason to, to make a change at that position. And plus you still are allowed all the multiple things that Taysom Hill can do at other positions. If he's not, playing quarterback so i think it's worked out well for for the things from that standpoint
1: john i know it's a bit early in the week um your anticipation if you know state of the offensive line the availability of alvin kamara uh
0: that's tough um he 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 missed last week um you know he I can't say for sure, you know, we'll see when we get out on the practice field, of day whether or not he's, whether he's present. And then we'll have a much better idea of whether or not he can go. It was one of those things where he finished out the Atlanta game uh, with that injury. So, I don't know. Obviously, it's not a tear or anything, so we'll see a little, a little bit more with that as we go. Uh, the offensive line is just just a banged up unit. I, I would expect Tyrone Armstead to be back at left tackle this week because he's one of those guys that really, if he misses a game, he's really got to be. I mean, he's got to be really, really, really hurt. And so, you know, he generally doesn't miss more than one. I would expect him to be back on the field. Uh, but, again, we'll just have to wait and see with that. But, you know, those two guys are pretty critical. I mean, if you can add those two back to the mix, uh, now all of a sudden you get an offensive jolt that, you know, you were missing last weekend. And they played Tennessee down to the down to the wire without those two guys. So, again, a testament to, to, to how how well this team can play and how you know how much resolve they have. But if you add those two back into the mix, obviously it gives you a really big boost offensively.
1: John, the defense has been great against the run. Nick Sirianni called them stout up front. Um, a really terrific defense. What's working so well for them?
0: Well, I mean, they just they, they make you one-dimensional. They stop the run. They fill the gaps well, and they tackle well, uh, which, is, which is big, obviously, in, in the run game. They tackle extremely well. Now, having said that, you know, they were on a fifty-five game streak of not allowing a hundred yard rusher last year and then they ran up against Philly and Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts really presents an obstacle for every defense in the league. Uh and they see he especially presented one for the for the Saints in, in their his first NFL start last year. Um but I mean they, they fill the gaps, they tackle extremely well. You know, generally when those guys get their hands on you, you go down. So that's been the big thing with them. Um, and then they you know, they really work hard to make you one dimensional. They want you to have to throw the football to beat them because they feel like they can hopefully apply some pressure, uh, make you make some mistakes, get you off your marks. Uh, you know, I think two of the three things that can happen when you throw the football, two of you know, two of the three are bad, you know, incompletion or, or interception. And so, you know, that's what they're looking forward to, to be able to, to put you under pressure as a passing team as opposed to, you know, having you dictate what you want to do in the in the run game because any team that can run the ball against you, they're gonna dominate the clock. Uh, They're going to shorten your opportunities to have possessions, and they're going to put you in a hurry-up mode if they can get a lead on you because now all of a sudden you feel the desperation because you know there's going to be, you know, You know, small opportunities to have possession. So you have to take advantage of each and every one of them. So, you know, they'll try to do the same thing against Philadelphia. They'll try to make them one dimensional. Uh, They've only allowed like 57 yards a game rushing uh, the last three. But I see Phillies run for like 209 yards a game the last three. So it's really going to be a good testament of strength versus strength to see which one can impose its will on the other.
1: Yeah, totally agree. You know, John, last one, like I. If you were to say, okay, Sean Payton, uh, no uh, Drew Brees, um, uh, Alvin is going to be banged up, Michael Thomas is going to be out, offensive line's got a bunch of problems, and here you are, five and four. Not a bad coaching job. Um, in the world of Sean Payton, is, 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 this team, is this job that he's done kind of maybe underrated?
0: I I think so. I mean, people look at the record and they see five and four, and, and, you know, it's just above 500. But, you know, when you consider those obstacles, you consider this team had to to evacuate and relocate for a month uh, because of Hurricane Ida. Uh, you look at, again, you take away, you know, you subtract the Hall of Fame quarterback, you subtract an all-pro receiver, uh, you add in, you know, some COVID issues on the coaching staff, and you mix all that stuff together, and and, and you've got a 5-4 and four team. I mean, it's really been, you know, a testament to, to Sean Payton and his staff to to kind of reinvent this thing. I mean, you could see it coming over the past few years where they were saying, you know what, we're going to have to build up this defense because at some point in time, Drew Brees isn't going to be here. You won't be able to score, you know, 31 a game. Uh, You got to, put yourself in a position where you, you can stop people. And they did exactly that. I mean, you know, and it started with a 2017 draft with, you know, Marshawn Lathamore, the number one overall uh, first-round pick, excuse me, for the Saints, and then they drafted Marcus Williams a safety in the second round. So they started kind of moving in that direction there, and they added Mario Davis as, an, as a free agent. And all of a sudden, the Saints are a defensive team they can beat you 24 to 21 or so, you know, if they have to, they've got enough defense for that. You know, now the question is whether or not they can muster together enough offense to be able to win some of these games, because the defense, you know, even though they've given up 27 against Atlanta and 23 against, against Tennessee, probably not as, you know, they came a a little bit slow against Atlanta. Uh, They, they really played Tennessee well. And if you think about it, you know, they, You know, they basically had to defend a short field a couple of times, you know, especially after the fumbled kickoff. So that touchdown, you almost want to throw out the window against Tennessee. Uh, But, you know, the defense has really been the unit that's carrying this team. And and Sean Payton basically reinvented it on the fly, kind of looking toward the future, saying, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, pile up yards and points. You're going to have to be able to stop people. And he and defensive coordinator Dennis Allen have a team that does exactly that right now.
1: John, this is going to be a great game. I can't wait for Sunday. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
0: Hey, I appreciate you having me. Thank you.
1: And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Dave Spadaro with you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a moment to give us a five-star review or any kind of review, please do so. There's a link in the details section of your podcast library. Um, We would love those five stars. They really do help. We'll be back on Sunday night with our instant reaction podcast from lincoln financial field a win on sunday would get the eagles to five and six and then dot 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 let's just win on sunday eagles looking for that first win in south philly in 2021 eagles insider dave spadaro with you thanks so much to peter kelly julie mclaughlin ray doyle for their work on this podcast thanks to all of you for joining each and every week on the eagles insider podcast presented by lincoln financial group have yourselves a great Eagles day, fly, Eagles, fly, and go birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!